best friends and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, spooky edition, or welcome if you're joining for the very first time. As always, I am your host, Chelsea Brown. This week, I wanted to talk about the most haunted places in the world, and that doesn't include my house, (laughs) okay? If you are watching the TikToks, I talked about the scariest paranormal thing that has ever happened to me. It happened to me in the very house that I live in now, and I'm not going to get into it on the pod because I went on for quite a long time on the TikTok. So head over to the TikTok at Your So Quiet Pod if you want to find out what that is. But today we're going to talk about most haunted places. I feel like sometimes places hold a really, I don't know, they hold an energy and that energy might be good or it might be bad. And maybe I'm just superstitious or something, but I feel like I can feel the energy of a place. I remember we were going to look at this house. It was foreclosed. It was this insanely huge house, great garage, good area for like super cheap because it was foreclosed on and it was going to need some work. So we went to go look at it and I got the worst feeling while I was there. I mean like genuinely the worst feeling. I didn't want to be there. There was this one like creepy attic crawl space area that was like a closet and there was a mirror in there and you know how I feel about mirrors in the dark. And I was having to use my phone flashlight because we didn't bring a flashlight and there was no electricity. So I'm like, I am spooked and I felt I felt horrible being in there. I did not like it. The vibes were all off and do not recommend. So that's why I wanted to talk about haunted places because places I think can be very haunted. And next week we'll talk about what I know you're waiting for and that is ghosts. You know I want to talk about a ghost. I love a good ghost story, but we got to talk about the places first. But before we get into any of that, we are going to do our customary mental health check You're going to rate your mental health from one to five, one being horrible, five being amazing. Today, I am at a solid five. I'm feeling pretty good. I cleaned my house this week. It only took me two days, which seems like a long time, but that's actually faster than I normally do it. I am still on my health and wellness journey, which means I'm still taking all my vitamins. I got one of those pill organizer things, which made me feel extremely old. Just by the way, I'm 30 and like some people feel like 30 is old. I don't feel like 30 is old. When I ordered the pill organizer, I legitimately felt like I was pushing 85, okay? A pill organizer to make sure I take all my medicine for the day? Excuse me? But I got a cute one. I got one that's like shaped like a little flower and the petals pop up and that's where you put your medicine for the week. And I got a cute one specifically because I didn't want it to be something I hated to look at. And I don't hate to look at it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good reminder to take my pills today. And every time I have that thought, I'm like, oh my god, I feel like I'm 85 years old. So do I recommend a pill organizer if you take multiple pills a day? Absolutely, because you can just look at it and know if you've taken your pills that day. Will it make you feel like the Crypt Keeper? Yes, it will. It will do that to you. I am sorry to say, and you know what? Honestly, call me Crypt Keeper because I am now a converted pill organizer person. I am typically really good about taking pills, especially first thing in the morning, 
But some days, especially lately, I've been getting up crazy early and my whole routine is thrown off and I'm not sure if I took them or not because I don't remember if I took them yesterday or the today. You know what I'm saying. So I definitely recommend it. Um, I do think that the multivitamins themselves actually really help me. I feel like I'm seeing a big difference in my focus, in my ability to actually stay awake the entire day. And some of that is due to the fact that I have recently gone, I'll say gluten-less, not gluten-free, okay? I, I definitely had fried chicken yesterday. KFC has these incredible hot and spicy wings. They're so good and please go get them so that KFC knows that they're good and they keep them around because they are like how I wish Popeye's spicy tasted. It's like spicy, it's juicy, it's flavorful. They're so good. Um, They're not gluten-free because they're breaded. And did I eat them anyway? 100%. Did I feel like I wanted to go into a coma afterwards? 100%. So the thing is, is that I've already told you about this food sensitivity test that I took and how devastated I was to see gluten on the list of things that I am sensitive to. And while this means that I have to eliminate my favorite foods, including bread and pasta, um, I've also noticed that like, my stomach doesn't hurt all the time <laughs> and I'm not tired after I eat and like the things that I just felt were normal before maybe were because my body was like struggling to process gluten. So I am glutenless at the moment. If I have an option available to not eat gluten, that is what I do. If there's something that I just really want and I'm craving it and I'm willing to accept the consequences, then I'll get it. Like the KFC hot and spicy wings, highly recommend. But for the most part, I've been eating gluten-free, I've been eating dairy-free, and I have noticed that um, there there is a difference. There is a difference in how my body feels, which is honestly the worst part, because I wish I felt like worse or something. You know, I wish that my body was like, oh my god, I need the gluten. I need it. Like, you need to give me bread immediately. And as long as I get carbs in a different place, like from a different place, I'm doing okay, honestly. And that's sad because had it made me feel worse or I noticed no difference, I would just go back to pounding bread and going to Olive Garden and literally putting myself in a coma with all the pasta and bread that I would eat. The unlimited breadsticks really do creep up on you. But alas, I do notice a difference. So I am eating less gluten. It is unfortunately helping me feel better as a person, which is on my health and wellness journey. I had a friend of mine today say, I don't know how you're surviving this new diet of yours. And I said with a lot of complaining. And honestly, that's true of a lot of things that I'm doing lately. I, I be complaining. I really do. But I still be doing it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to whine about it a little bit and then carry on. You know, like that's just the nature of being an adult person is that you just got to complain about the stupid things that you have to do for your stupid body and then move on. Go ahead and do the thing anyway. You know, none of us wants to eat Brussels sprouts. None of us wants to eat broccoli. But we gotta. We gotta eat a vegetable every now and again. And by the way, when your doctor asks about your diet and you say you eat a vegetable every now and again, it kills every time. So 
just use that the next time that you go to the doctor's office and you will definitely get a smile from even the most stoic of doctors. So my mental health is is thriving at the moment. Two, three days ago, it, it was rough. It was rough, but it was just that normal cycle for me of two, three days before my cycle starts. I feel like the world is ending and everything sucks and I'm a terrible person and everyone else is a terrible person. And here I am today feeling incredible. So if you are feeling like garbage, if you are in the one to two range, feeling horrible, it will pass. You know, even if you're going through something more serious than like a hormone fluctuation, these things pass. Time heals all wounds. And I know how annoying it is to hear that all the time. However, it is unfortunately true. Okay. And even if time will not heal the wound, and trust me, I do have some wounds that time has not yet healed, over time, you will be able to handle the burden better than you are right now. So it will get easier. It will get better. You will not feel like this forever, even if it feels like you will. Okay? So while you're checking in with your mental health, I have this absolutely wild documentary to recommend to you. I saw it on Hulu. Hold on one second. I have to go find it because I actually just started it today. I'm halfway through and I'm dying to finish it, but I had to come record. So, okay, it's called Monster Inside. It is America's Most Extreme Haunted House. And this is a documentary about McKamey Manor. This is the haunted house that I was talking about that you have to sign a waiver before they do anything with you. And they will literally kidnap you. Like they'll blindfold you. They'll put headphones on you so you don't know where you're going. You've signed away your life essentially saying that um, I'm not going to hold McKamey Manor or anybody liable if I break a bone, if I am severely psychologically injured, or if I die. So I'm only halfway through, but the footage that I have seen so far is jaw-dropping, and that is not an exaggeration. I mean, literally jaw-dropping. It is it is bona fide torture, and people, like, actually signed up for this, like, to do it. And the whole thing is that you sign up for this, and this guy is claiming that there's a 27,000-person wait, but you email him, and he's like, oh, I had a cancellation. I can get you right in. Again, I'm only halfway through, so I don't know if it's a scam, but it feels like a scam to me. And all you have to do is give him, like, bags of dog food, like, literally donate bags of dog food to him, and that's how you pay for this experience. And if you make it through the experience, then you will receive $20,000. Now, what I have not been able to discern up to this point is when it is determined that you have actually completed the experience because said experience can last eight to ten hours and some of the things that they were doing like they were just doing stuff and it was like okay so when is this over you know have we defined a definition of done like when this this experience is finished because if not you literally just keep torturing me until I break and you never have to pay up you know what I mean? So it is it is an absolutely wild documentary. If you are sensitive to viewing any kind of physical violence, emotional, mental abuse, psychological abuse, this is not the show for you, okay? It is like real footage from this haunted house 
that has been banned in several states. It seems like it moves around or something, but I'm dying to see how it ends. So that's what I have to recommend for you. And especially talking about haunted places, I feel like wherever they do this stuff, like there has to be some really bad energy lingering there, even if no one has actually passed away, which honestly, I I would bet. I, I would err on the side of someone probably has passed away from this. You know, like the things that they are doing to these people are genuinely so extreme that I cannot believe anyone would sign up for this. And what's more is that once you start, you can't stop. You The only way you stop is if they decide that you have physically, emotionally, mentally gone too far. And they decide that. Like, you do not decide that. They decide when you're finished. Like, there's no safe word, you know? Like, you are living a real-life horror movie. You are the victim. And they're just going to keep doing stuff to you until they decide it's enough. And something about that just really, uh, really sits, sits weird with me. Because I know my limits. You know, I can feel when my body like genuinely is giving up, you know, versus my mind just giving up. And no one else knows that, right? You have a different tolerance for, I don't know, endurance things than I do, right? So how could I possibly say, oh, you're done or you're not done when I don't know what your tolerance is? Like that is so wild to me, which also makes me feel like there's something not not right with the people who are doing these things to the people who sign up for this. Like, to me, there's immersive horror, which is like haunted houses, but like the people can touch you, but there is a safe word. You know, there's immersive horror and then there's torture. And then like to me, this is this is torture. You know, this is not immersive horror anymore. You are not making sure the person is safe. You actually want to hurt them. You want to scare them. You want to use their biggest fears against them and actively traumatize them. So yeah, I am I am fascinated by this documentary. I watched it on a whim, honestly. I was going to go watch the Kardashians, but this popped up on the top of my Hulu feed. And so I'm watching this now and it is it is bananas. So go watch that. If you are someone who is like, I don't want to see actual torture, don't worry. I have two other recommendations for you. And one is a classic and one is like a cult classic. The first one, the classic, is The Shining. We all know what The Shining is about, or we should. If you do not, hello, welcome to Earth. Um, but I'll just give you like a basic overview. There is this hotel it is vacant for the winter because it's really dangerous to go back and forth. So there's someone who is hired essentially to live in the hotel, maintain it, make sure everything is okay while it is closed for the winter. And that's this dude named Jack and his wife and their young son. Turns out the hotel is extremely haunted and Jack, who is an author, is uh, mentally unwell. So the house does things and you see a lot of stuff and it's horrifying. So that is a classic scary movie. Oh, is it Jack or Johnny? It's Jack Nicholson, but he says, here's Johnny, 
So one of the two, don't really remember the dude's name. It's actually not that important. Okay. What is important is that this hotel, the Overlook Hotel, is very, very, very haunted. And by spirits that are very, very not nice. There's actually a sequel to this called Dr. Sleep, which follows the young boy as he's an adult. And actually, I really liked it. Um, I read the book first. The book was very, very good. But I've had mixed reviews on Dr. Sleep versus The Shining. The Shining is like a classic, you know? It is an icon of the horror film world, whereas Dr. Sleep doesn't have that same nostalgia to kind of back it up. And it's also surrounded by movies that are scarier and with different concepts. So just take it with a grain of salt. But The Shining really is a great October theme movie. The next one is a cult classic, and this is Paranormal Activity. I remember watching these when I was in high school. I really enjoyed like the home footage vibe. It was very Blair Witch Project, but home movie. And it's essentially a haunted house and people start seeing weird things. So they start trying to document it. Do we have a poltergeist? What's going on? So that's actually a really good one if you want to be creeped out in your own home. Because I'll tell you, I was creeped out in my own home for the longest after watching those because it's not like your typical horror movie where it's contained within like this world, you know, like The Shining, for example. The Overlook Hotel is what's haunted. I'm not going to the Overlook Hotel, so I am not worried about those ghosts. But Paranormal Activity is like this random family that just moves into this house and they're like, ooh, something's not right and they start filming. And that's like the whole thing with the whole franchise. So yes, I I actually really like it. I don't know that it's like a jump scare type thing. It's more of like a suspense. Like what are they going to see? What are we waiting for? Really weird imagery. So I, I recommend that one. I think it's a fun watch. And I think it's suitable for people who don't really like devil-y, demonic stuff, but want something a little spooky. Like, there are definitely ghosts, there are poltergeists, but you're not going to see a ritual, you know? So, Paranormal Activity, if you haven't seen it, definitely, definitely check it out this October. And with that behind us, let's go ahead and get into these haunted places. I looked for the most haunted places in the world and I found four of them, and they are mm, terrifying. I will not be going to any of these places, suffice to say. The first one is in India. It's called Bangar Fort, and according to legend, this powerful person lived within the fort area, and he said that any house built in the precinct of the fort will not be taller than his. Like, everything you build has to be smaller than my house. And if the shadow of any house falls on mine, the entire town will be destroyed. So the town is like, okay, fine. So all the buildings are lower and there's this dude's house, right? But the columns are the fo- of the fort start going up. And this is like literally the fortress around like the walls to protect the fort. And the columns cast a shadow on this person's house. And literally, the entire town was destroyed. And so you can imagine what kind of fear 
there was here if after the destruction of this whole town the all the people living there like all the lives lost i feel like are still in that place you know very creepy there's also another legend that's not about this powerful person but about somebody else there was a priest who was like into black magic and he was in love with this princess and she had a ton of suitors she was highly sought after but he loved her and he had to have her. So he used his little black magic thing to brew up a love potion. He follows her to the marketplace. He offers her the love potion. She takes it. She looks at it. She's like, mm, it ain't happening. So she throws the potion and somehow this potion knocks a rock such that it falls on the priest guy and crushes him. I'm not sure about the logistics of this, if like the priest had started walking away, I don't know. But in any case, before he'd actually perished, right? So he's crushed by the rock, but the priest is not dead. He curses the entire village and he's like, everything here will be destroyed. No one will survive and thrive here. That's it. And the creepiest thing to me is that the fort is obviously in ruins now and visitors are not allowed in after sunset or before sunrise. So when it's dark, people are not allowed to go in there. And there have been rumors and tales and stories of people who are like walking past the fort and see creatures, like shadowy looking creatures in the fort after dark. And supposedly, this is in a place where animals would not be. You know, it is quiet. There are no predators. Like, it is under lock and key, and somehow there are shadow creatures in there. You can see shadowy people walking through there, but no one is allowed inside after dark or when it's dark, and that creeps me out, okay? I don't know if it was the, the powerful guy, the king or whatever. I don't know if it was the black magic priest, but the thing that these legends have in common is a curse, and I am a little superstitious, okay? But I do feel like curses have power. Like, words have power, even if it's not, like, alohomora, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be uh, a spell or something, but words have power. And if people believe it, it has even more power. So even if, like, black magic isn't real, the fact that this priest is like, I curse everyone. Everyone here is going to die. All your crops are going to fail. Like people might believe that and it might be like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's what could have happened here. And because of that, I think it is possible that the, not only the spirit of the priest or the king are still there and are mad because first of all, either a shadow fell on the house, which is like, okay, get over it. Do you want tall walls or do you want a tall house? Those are your choices. Or because it was rejected by some, some girl. Again, get over it. We've all been rejected. <laughs> Either way, you have the spirit of a man who feels like he's been wronged lurking about the place in addition to all the people that died as a result. So this place creeps me out. I will not be going there. I've been to India. 0% of me will be returning, particularly for the Bangar Fort. That's not happening. The next place is in Italy. It is Poveglia Island. 
And this island was is near Venice, and it was used as a quarantine place for plague vi- victims in the 18th century. And then later, it was also used as an insane asylum. So you can imagine that this place does not have feel-good vibes about it. You know, first of all, people are being quarantined here and are dying. It's estimated that over 100,000 people died on the island and their remains were burned or buried in mass graves. And that doesn't make me feel good. That's giving me poltergeist. It's giving me poltergeist vibes. It's giving me, we have angry spirits here that were buried here and they're trapped here now. Like this is not how they were supposed to be disposed of. So not only did a bunch of people die because of the plague, you, you then have it converted to an insane asylum. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about, okay, we had a whole bunch of people die here. Now let's put people who are mentally unstable here who need like mental treatment. That doesn't, that doesn't sit right with me. So it feels like the negative energy that was there already because of all the death that was there is going to be perpetuated because I would, I would presume that in the 20th century, like the 1900s, that mental hospitals were not what they are today. Not to say that they are incredible today because they're not, like we still have some absolutely insane and unhinged treatments, but like lobotomies were like fully a thing, you know, back in the early 1900s. So like that kind of vibe, that kind of juju just really could haunt a place. In fact, there was a doctor that allegedly experimented on patients and he did this by performing lobotomies. And dude was not a brain surgeon. So he is like, just, it's like a butcher shop, you know? Like he is just taking off the top of someone's skull and just scooping out part of their brain. And I know that sounds like absolutely repulsive and it is repulsive okay it is repulsive (laughs) that this person genuinely is like I'm gonna perform experiments on mentally ill people because for whatever reason he feels like they're not actually a person like that's still a person they just need treatment like they need actual help they don't need you quite literally digging around in their brain the guy I don't know. There's been some speculation. There's been speculation whether he had a fit of conscience or if the ghosts of the people he ended up killing were haunting him because he actually ended up jumping from the bell tower on this island, like in this facility. And he claimed that he'd been driven mad by ghosts. And for, I mean, you know, I'm a poet, so I'm going to take it kind of, kind of not literally like, okay, so the ghosts are, like, making you feel guilty, but, like, it literally could have been the ghosts are driving him absolutely mad. So, he jumps from the bell tower, dies later, decades after this, after the 1930s, residents that are nearby, like, they're on the island, supposedly, and they're still hearing the bell from the bell tower, even though the bell had been removed really creeps me out. Okay. (laughs) That does not make me feel good. If I'm living on, first of all, I will not be purchasing property on an island that was used as plague quarantine or as a mental asylum. Okay. It's, I'm sorry. It's not happening. I, I will not be doing it. 
if I happen to own property that is on this island that is being used as a quarantine place, I will be leaving. I will be getting to step in because I am not doing it. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not doing it. You know what? House for free. Y'all can use it. There are some bedrooms. You use it for whatever you need to do. I'm getting out of here. Trust me when I tell you, you will not catch me sticking around to hear this ghost bell tower. Second of all, I can't believe the audacity of the doctor to be ringing his ghostly bell after you've already ended your own life because you killed so many other people. I mean, hello. Truly, just go away. You know, the fact that this man's spirit is theoretically still there at the asylum um, is not okay. It's not okay because if I'm a ghost, okay, let's say I'm a ghost, and let's say I was one of the people that this man experimented on and I died as a result. My spirit is obviously going to be trapped here in this asylum because of the way that I was killed. I say obviously like I know how the afterlife works, but that's how I'm going in this theoretical example. And then let's say that I terrorize this doctor in my ghostly form until he ends his own life as well. I'm presuming what I'm hoping for is that he is gone, you know, because if he's gone, I can rest in peace. The thing is, is that dude is sticking around and ringing the bell, okay? My ghostly agenda has been thwarted because Dr. Frankenstein over here has decided, oh, I don't think I want to die fully. I want to have my ghost here to terrorize the other ghosts. So now, in my ghostly afterlife, I have to deal with this dude that I had to deal with in life as well? Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, it's going to be a no for me. It's going to be a no for me. Anywho, um, just FYI, this island in Italy is closed to visitors to this day. So I don't know if the whole island has been vacated or if people still live there and you can only go there if you have like proof of residence, but no one can visit there anymore. And I'm curious as to why, because the Travel Channel did a report in 2014 about this, and I would assume that the visitation closed between then and now, so within the last 10 years. So my question is, why did visitation close? You know, like this could be potentially a historical site that clearly the Travel Channel wanted to see, but it's close to visitors. So that, to me, really reinforces the the theory, the possibility that this island is haunted AF, okay? I, I am, like, dying to know because the writer brain in me is like, ooh, this would be a really good story of someone who is like, screw that, I'm going to the island anyway. And they go to the island, they don't see anything, and then they bring something back to the mainland with them. And then that thing terrorizes all of Italy. So what, what, what's that about? Why did we close the island? I would like to know. I would like to know. The next most haunted place in the world is in Beijing, and it's called the Forbidden City. 
This is one of, supposedly, one of Beijing's most popular tourist attractions. It has six centuries of history, it served as an imperial palace to the Ming and Qing dynasty, and it has a ton of secrets, obviously, having been around that long. So the legend is that the Forbidden City is cursed, and it has been ever since the day that it was opened in the 1400s by this emperor, Ming Emperor Yongle, who is called the Evil Emperor. So this evil emperor was about to be caught in a sex scandal. He has a harem, okay? If you don't know what a harem is, Google it, okay? This is, this is a not explicit show. <laughs> so just Google what a harem is. He has a harem. There's going to be a scandal. He is panicking because it's New Year's Eve. He's opening his brand new city. It's his imperial palace. And he's about to have, like, the worst press of his life. So instead of just owning it, finding a way around it, being like your typical politician of talking your way out of stuff, my dude kills almost 3,000 people in his harem. Kills them. Trying to erase the evidence of this scandal. Obviously... The erasure did not work because I'm telling you about it. Somebody knew about it. But that's what he did. That's what he did. So a few years later, there is a fire in the Forbidden City and it burns over 250 buildings to the ground. So that gives you an idea of the scale of this place. It is like the Imperial Palace, but it is hundreds of buildings. It is enormous. It is essentially a city in the middle of Beijing, okay? So this fire burns 250 buildings to the ground, kills a bunch of people, and the evil emperor had covered the place in, like, lucky charms. And I don't mean, like, the cereal. I mean charms that in his culture were considered lucky. They did not prevent the destruction. The emperor got extremely depressed. He thought it was a punishment for his actions from when he opened the city, which honestly, karma is real, so possibly. And he eventually dies just three years after he opened the Forbidden City. Since then, since the 1400s, thousands of people have died within the walls of the Forbidden City. So you think that this place is like overpopulated with spirits. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, maybe that's for you to decide, maybe you need to go visit. But you might run into a problem, because most of the Forbidden City is off-limits to visitors. It is closed to the public. You can go, you can visit some of it, but you cannot visit all of it, or even most of it. There's some speculation that, like, the logistics are too much. We can't maintain this whole property for people to come see it. Like, the the expense would just be too much. But here's the thing. I think that if people are coming to Beijing to see the Forbidden City, a lot of people will pay, like, crazy amounts of money to see haunted stuff or to see historical landmarks. Maybe someone is fascinated with certain dynasties or certain architecture. So I think that if they, like, charged admission, 
they could cover the expense. Like they could cover the expense if they wanted to. So that brings us to the second theory that it is too dangerous to be in certain parts of the city because of the spirits that are there. We also know that the Forbidden City is only open during the day and it closes at 5 p.m. sharp. It will not close 5.01. Any amount of seconds after 5 o'clock, it will close at 5 p.m. And it is said that this time is supposed to be like when the spirits come out. If you've ever seen Spirited Away, if you haven't seen Spirited Away, oh my god, go watch it. It's so good. It's, I think it's an anime film. I'm actually not sure what the style of movie is called, but it's the same director and creator that did Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, Spirited Away is an incredible movie. I really enjoy it to this day. Very good. What I'm envisioning for this five o'clock thing is when all the spirits start to come to life after dark at, like, during this movie. And for all I know, she could have been at the Forbidden City. I'm actually not sure where Jahira was during the movie, and maybe I should watch it again, and maybe it is the Forbidden City. That would be very interesting. But these spirits start like coming to life essentially like they are coming out of the water they're coming out of the mud they're coming out of the woodwork and they're going to this bathhouse and like at night is when they get to go enjoy this place and during the day it's deserted because the spirits aren't out during the day and I wonder if the Forbidden City is like that I don't know but I did find this okay in the 1940s, this place went underwent like a major renovation. It was going to be a tourist site. It is supposed to house a museum. Guards were put in place to protect the ancient grounds. And it was these very guards that started to witness strange occurrences. They would see odd animals running around the grounds at night. Animals that didn't look like first of all, any animals in China didn't look like any animals that they recognized at all. There were others that heard women crying in the concubine quarters of the palace. And one guy even confessed to seeing a crying woman. She's all dressed in white and she's walking around the grounds. He comes up behind her, speaks to her. She never turns around. It's like she never heard him and she just walks away. Ooh, I just got chills. Ooh. It's also important to note that ghosts and spirits are taken very, very seriously in the Chinese culture. And according to the Chinese tradition, you should avoid ghosts at all costs. Superstition is very much alive and well. Even Confucius said, respect the ghosts and the gods, but keep away from them. This is evident in even how the Forbidden City was constructed. All the doorways in the city have these like really high steps that you have to step over and allegedly the steps are that high to get into the dwellings and into the actual buildings because ghosts can't jump and then they'd be trapped inside one room. Like it, it's supposed to be a protective measure. There are also these gatekeepers 
outside almost every doorstep. You've probably seen them if you've ever seen like a Chinese building. They're like two demons, they're guardians, and their job is to keep evil spirits from entering through the door. These things are seen all throughout the Forbidden City, and yet we still have reports of ghosts and spirits wandering the place at night. And I don't know if it's like spirited away, if they're like literally just going to the bathhouse to chill, or if they're maybe more malevolent. The final most haunted place in the world that I have for you is in Australia. It is the Monte Cristo Homestead, aka the Little House of Horrors. And when I found this at first, I'm like, this is a tourist trap all day, all day. And you know what? Maybe it is, but like, I I don't know. Let me just tell you, let me tell you about the Monte Cristo Homestead. This is a Victorian mansion. Already know the place be haunted. Victorian mansions, 100% of the time haunted, okay? This mansion, surprise to no one, had many tragedies and deaths, particularly when this family, the Crawley family, lived there. The Crawley family lived there until 1948, and then it was empty until 1963 when it was purchased by Reg and Olive Ryan, who restored it. And now the homestead is a museum, an antiques showcase, tourist attraction, obviously has a souvenir shop, and it is advertised as Australia's most haunted house. There is a whole slew of ghosts that have been allegedly seen here by people who visit this tourist attraction. Now, from what I could find, most of the tours are during the day. However, you can pay to spend the night and you can do an after sunset tour. Catch me doing literally none of those, especially after I tell you about these ghosts, okay? We'll first talk about the ghosts of the two maids. The patriarch of the family, Christopher Crawley, is said to have gotten two of his maids pregnant. Incredible, right? One of them committed suicide by jumping to her death from the balcony. She was pregnant when she died. She hit the stairs, was instantly killed. Her ghost still haunts the veranda. And there's a ghostly blood stain on the stairs where she actually perished. The second maid gave birth. She had a son. She named him Harold. When Harold was a young boy, he was involved in a horrible, horrible accident. He was hit by a coach and he survived but had head trauma, which disabled him for life. The worst part is that he was kept on chains in the coach room. So he is a disabled child now and is literally chained up in his own home. Kids can be really mean and honestly, in the early 1900s, no different. So the local children would mock him, would make fun of him because this little boy would scream all day. He is disabled. He is chained up. Honestly, can't blame him, okay? But the kids call him a monster and challenge each other to find him and just to mess with him. And he was eventually put away in an asylum after authorities found him literally chained to his mother's bed, okay? His mother, at the time that Harold was discovered, had been deceased for some time. Harold did end up passing away at the asylum, but 
he still haunts the grounds of the homestead. And he makes his presence known by the sound of chains. A more recent ghost is Jack Simpson. He was one of the home's caretakers. And at some point, he was shot to death on the porch in front of the house by a young man. This man had been watching the movie Psycho before committing his crime. I don't know why that uh, is an important detail, but it, it was included. The words, die Jack, ha ha, were carved into the shed door where they can still be seen today. The most notorious ghost is Mrs. Crawley herself, who became a recluse after her husband's death and she did not leave the house for 23 years. I am a homebody, okay? Like, don't get me wrong. I love being at home. I do leave the house every once in a while, okay? In the house for 23 years? I I am probably certifiably insane, okay? So, Mrs. Crawley didn't leave. She died in her bedroom. I'm not sure if it was violent. Not sure... Uh, what circumstances, but people, when they go into her bedroom, they have claimed to see her, like physically see her. I don't know if they see her standing, laying on the bed. I don't know if she looks deceased, if she looks alive, but they not only see her, but they hear her voice. And that is, that would be the creepiest part for me because like I could convince myself that something's a trick of the light or I'm just freaking myself out. But hearing something? Mmm. That's going to be a hard no for me. And yeah. that The whole house is going to be a firm no for many reasons. Okay? The first reason is what if a ghost attaches itself to me? You know, I finally have my like life on track. I'm feeling good. Mental health rating at a 5. And you think that I'm going to go all the way to Australia to have a ghost hitchhike home with me? No. And not to mention, these little ghosties are not friendly. You know, no Caspers in here. Very much the conjuring. And you know what? I just don't want it. I just don't want it. Is that how it would happen? I don't know. Okay? I have no idea. But... I'm not trying to tempt it. I'm not trying to tempt it. I'm really not. I'm really not. I don't want to... I don't want to know. It's just as simple as that. I do not want to know. So, with all of that being said, we are about at the end of our time together this week. Thank you so much for joining me, as always. I hope you are sufficiently creeped out. If I'm not mistaken, this should come out the week after Friday the 13th. So, hopefully, your Friday was very uneventful, you know, no bad luck. And if you did have some bad luck, you know what? It's just par for the course. Think of it as a Halloween seasonal thing, okay? It's just something that happens. If you are feeling generous, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, subscribe to the show, follow the show, tell your friends, do all the things. You already know the drill. And that is all for now, my friends. I will talk to you all next week. Okay. Love you. Bye.